Hello, healthy habiteers. I'm your host, Dr. Jamie Rasmussen, and welcome to another episode of Habits That Heal, a podcast dedicated to giving you the tools and insights necessary to protect your greatest asset, your health. And today's episode is the number one thing you are exposed to every single day that is killing you. In the last 50 years, your parents' approach to health has led to a 1,200% increase in chronic illness. Until the conversation around health changes, you can expect your results to be the same. If you're okay with a life filled with unnecessary suffering, tune out. If you're ready to break the cycle, let's get to work. In this episode, you will discover the number one habit that steals, and it's the number one reason that I see people in my office as well. On a scale of 1 to 10, how stressed out are you? Now be honest. No BS. Do you feel calm, cool, at ease, mellow? Do you fall asleep the instant your head hits the pillow? Or are you walking around slightly agitated? Things boil over faster than they should. You're not as patient with your kids as you should be. You're not as patient with your spouse as you should be. Certain things set you off. You could you could get cut off in traffic and it just sets you over the edge. These are some indicators that stress is boiling up inside of your life. Or maybe you're getting sick more than you should be getting sick. Just a general rule of thumb, one or two times a year is about how many times you should be fighting a bug. And when you fight it, you should be done with it in two or three days. It should be quick. It shouldn't linger. It shouldn't hold on for a week or two weeks or three weeks. If that's happening, that means your immune system is run down. The number one reason I see people in my office isn't because of some repetitive physical stress. Remember, I'm a chiropractor. And the reason we measure the nervous system is because why I see people is people's nervous systems are run down and no longer adapting to the stress that they face in their life, chemical, physical, and emotional stress. Today's episode, we're going to dig into emotional stress because that's the number one reason. If I had estimated, probably be about 80 to 90% of the reasons I see people are because of emotional stress, traumas that they've experienced when they were younger or an accumulation of minor stressors throughout their life and a system that eventually can't adapt to it anymore. The straw that broke the camel's back, there's an accumulation of straws. In this case, most of the time, the straw that accumulates on the camel's back is emotional stress. The world we live in now is radically different from the world our great-grandparents and even our grandparents lived in. The amount of stress that we're exposed to on a daily basis is insane. The study I quote quite a bit, but it was done in the year 2000. So I guarantee if they redid this study, the results would be astronomically worse. So in this study, they looked at the average stress levels of a teenager in the year 2000. And what they found was the average stress level of a teenager was equivalent to the stress level of a teenager in 1950 that would be institutionalized because they were so stressed out. So what does this have to do with you? Even if you answered, oh, you know, I'm about a three out of 10, chances are your stress level is significantly higher than that. And the reason is, is because most of the stress you experience throughout your day doesn't make it to the upper portion of the brain, the high level brain, which is the cortical brain. That's the part that you're aware of. That's the thinking brain. So there's three parts of the brain, lower, mid, and upper. Upper is cortical. The lower part is basic survival stuff. That's primarily what we're operating from when we come into this world as a baby. And then over time, we develop second and third brain. 
So our body is constantly taking in information from the environment, and there's a high road and a low road. The low road goes right to those lower portions of the brain, those survival parts of the brain. Those are the things that increase our heart rate, decrease digestion. Those are the fight or flight or rest and digest portions of the brain. And when you have stress, you're triggering that sympathetic fight or flight part of the brain. And your body is always in a low grade survival state, which means it's more easily agitatable. It decreases focus and also cortical function because if your body's in a fight or flight state, you're not going to be able to focus on higher level learning tasks and performance tasks and productivity tasks. So as you're getting stressed out through your day, and it's accumulating it's not going up to the cortical level meaning you're just you're not aware of it you have no idea it's going on in fact some of the most stressed out run down hrvs that i see which stands for heart variability which means how is the body taking in stress and adapting to it eventually if you take in too much stress over a certain period of time it runs it down to the ground because you start having things like adrenal fatigue your adrenal glands are glands that are pumping out stress hormones and in that case they've been pumping out stress hormones for a long time and they get exhausted and the nervous system gets exhausted and it can no longer adapt the way it's supposed to. And when your nervous system doesn't adapt anymore, developing a chronic disease is inevitable because your body's not healing the way it's supposed to heal. So the number one habit that steals is stress, what you're exposed to every single day. And it is trickling into every aspect of your life, whether you know it or not. You're far less patient with your kids than you could be if you figured out ways to proactively manage and cut off stress before it accumulates in your body. You're much less patient with your spouse or your friends or your family. You're much less focused and productive at work. And all of these things bleed into the financial parts of your life. You're going to be earning less money. Your earning capabilities will be decreased if you're more agitated, if you're less focused, if you're dealing with fights that you got into with your spouse or this guilt that you're carrying around that you're not as patient with your kids as you should be. Your whole life is impacted by stress. And that's not even getting into how stress is the number one cause of chronic illnesses like anxiety and depression and heart disease and inflammation and all of these other scary, icky things that have probably impacted your family in some way. But you're not aware of it. It's not even on your radar unless it boils over so high that it becomes at a cortical level and you are aware of it. But usually you're not aware of it until you've had that fight with your spouse, until you've blown up at your kids again. Until you go home and you catch yourself thinking about these conversations that you had at work over and over and over again. Or it's Sunday and you notice it's harder to sleep because you know Monday's coming and you have to face this week again. That's stress. That's stress that's accumulated in your body. I could go on and on and on about how stress is making your life so much more miserable than it needs to be. And most of this has to do with that low road, high road concept because most of it's coming in at a low road. And I'm here to inform you and hopefully save you a lot of unnecessary grief by putting it on your radar that there's a low road. Right now, you are likely, if you're not proactively working on things to combat stress, you are likely accumulating it in your body and you do not want to wait till you have a heart attack or a fatal asthma attack or something else that happens completely out of nowhere that catches you off guard because you didn't even know this was a thing. Well, it's a thing. And in this episode, I'm going to show you the best ways to be proactive and combat it before it boils over. Because when you are proactive with this, when you start implementing these things on a regular basis, when you start implementing these habits that heal, 
It's a beautiful thing. It really, really is. Imagine sleeping better, feeling well-rested, feeling well-connected, feeling the time you do spend with your kids. You're not annoyed by them, but instead you are connected with them and focused and just 100% present in that moment, not thinking about things that have happened or worrying about things that will happen. Imagine that relationship with your spouse, how you're going to be more patient with them, where you're going to be more likely to be in the moment with them. And all the other things that might be affecting you, the chronic pain that you're suffering from, imagine if that was significantly less or completely gone. Imagine if those digestive issues completely resolved because your body could use its energy on healing rather than being in the shutdown, protective, fight or flight state. That's possible. And here is how. Number one, if you are not getting adjusted by a neurological-based chiropractor, one that measures the nervous system and their mission is to get it adapted to the environment better, you're missing out big time. You can do the rest of these things. In fact, you can do all the rest of the habits that heal. You will not benefit from these other habits to the level you could if you were getting adjusted and had a healthy, well-adapting nervous system. The next three things, and these three things are super simple. They're not always easy, but they're simple. Once you start doing them every single day, they become habit and it does become easier. It's never easy, but it becomes easier. So the three things are breathing, yoga, and meditation. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, I breathe every day. Well, the way you're breathing is probably very short panic breaths. Every time we analyze somebody that lays on our tables in our office, we're looking at their breathing pattern. And most people are laying down with a breathing pattern that goes from about T6 to T12, which is about five or six inches in length. So a normal healthy breath should go all the way to the base of your skull and all the way down to the bottom of your butt. It should look like a wave opening up. That means that your body is calm, relaxed, and taking in the right amount of oxygen for your brain. If your body's in a fight or flight state, you're going to take these short little panic breaths, quick and short, and they don't take in a ton of oxygen. And over time, you train your body to breathe that way because you're breathing that way all the time. And you don't get that full expansion of the rib cage and you're not taking in full breaths. And what full breathing does is it reinforces that parasympathetic nervous system. That's that rest, digest, heal, heal, habits that heal, heal, and calm, and recover. Those are all part of the parasympathetic. So you need to start training your body to breathe the right way again. And a fantastic technique to use is the 478 breathing technique. It's also known as relaxing breath. And what that involves is a four-second inhale, holding the breath for seven seconds and exhaling for eight seconds. It's such a simple system. In fact, this is touted as the system that allows you to fall asleep in one minute. Now, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But if you can train your body to start breathing this way all the time, you're going to spend a lot more time in that parasympathetic state, which is that healing state and that recovery state and that digestive state and that immune function state. You want to spend more time in that state. So a quick, super simple hack to stimulate that state more is to do this throughout your day. So how you do it is you take that four-second inhale through the nose, and then you hold for seven seconds, and then you blow out that eight-second exhale through the mouth in a kind of a whooshing sound. And you can do that pretty aggressively if you want to really stimulate that parasympathetic response.
Okay, the next two are yoga and meditation. And a lot of times these two can be interchanged because during yoga, a lot of times meditative techniques are used. Yoga is really nice because it allows you to get a really awesome stretch. So you're killing two birds with one stone. That's part of our 10 habits that heal is stretching and also meditation. So you're kind of knocking both of those out at the same time. So the meditation, we talked about this on a previous episode. I'm not going to get into it a ton, but what research shows is that it will shrink that amygdala and the amygdala is part of that survival part of the brain and it increases cortical thickness. So cortical is that upper level brain. So what you're doing when you meditate on a repetitive basis over time as you develop the habit, you're getting smarter and you're getting less agitatable. I think that's a word. I don't know if that's a word. I keep using it. Forgive me if it's not a word. I think it conveys the idea all right though. All right, so quick recap. Stress is accumulating in your body, emotional stress, whether you know it or not. Some people are very aware of it because they know. I mean, they know that they're stuck in this traumatic stress cycle. Either they had some serious trauma that happened to them when they were young, but most people, what they're finding is it's really an accumulation of these small things that never get dealt with, and then they have a body that can't adapt to it and let it go, and it builds up this fight-or-flight response and your body gets shut down and you develop chronic disease over time. And I bet you if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, hey, why didn't you teach me how to remove these stressors from my life? Most of this emotional stuff that we're exposed to from the time we're little kids to the to right now is radically different from how we used to as you know, 100 years ago as humans were exposed to. It's just the way the world is right now. You can't escape it. Most of the stuff you can't escape. Along the way on future podcasts, I'll be sharing strategies and tactics to remove some of these stressors. But first, I want to help you understand that it's there. Even though you don't feel it, it's there. You're exposed to stress and it is accumulating in your body unless you can figure out tools to proactively address it and take care of it. On the next episode, you will discover how to deal with overstimulation, which just happens to be one of the worst offenders as far as stress accumulators in the body. But now it's time to get to work. It's time to turn ideas into action. And today's action is I want you to pick one of the three tools that I shared with you today and commit to doing it on a routine regular basis. Once you get rolling with that, if you're already doing two of the three, that means you got one more to add. Here's the bottom line. You can't do just one of those things or even two of those things now. The world you're exposed to right now is toxic, 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 not just from a chemical standpoint, but from a stress standpoint. And you need to be proactive and you need to start protecting your health. And the best way to do it is habits. And that's what you're doing. So let's build up this habit. Commit to one of those things. If you're already doing one, add another. If you're already doing two, add a third. If you're already doing all three, good for you. Your life is going to be so much easier. We'll talk soon. Bye. And that concludes this episode of Habits That Heal. Now it's time to get to work because ideas without action are useless. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And while you're there, please leave a review. And to continue this conversation, follow us at pathoutofpain.com and on Facebook at Habits That Heal.